Hey guys, it's Max Miller, Zach Zary, and Oakley Rose. Welcome to a well-placed cuss. And welcome back to a well-placed cuss. Episode 16. Um, probably, episode 3 of season 2. Yeah, probably our biggest episode yet. Um, not only big interview with James Duthie. Huge. Yeah, big, biggest interview yet, but... Uh, a, kind of a personal hero of ours, so yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, definitely, and you know, when we started this podcast, I think it was like one of our end goals, almost in a sense, was <laughs> to get him on. And it, like, it really was, and I, like, I, I emailed him, and I was like, well, I can't not email him, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna shoot my shot. And he got back to me, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the Olympics right now, yeah. so I can't do it. <laughs> contact me when they're done and I did he responded so he was a G and uh you know do 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 doing a small thing like us only got love for your for James Duffy yeah especially and just like during the interview like um you'll hear it but he was like he, he was like calling us by our names oh, and I was, was cool. like I was just that. talking to us before and after super cool but yeah. also not only the huge interview like I was saying but just a huge week in sports oh we were complaining two weeks ago about nothing happening and uh, just kind of all hitting us right now. Um, you know, NFL free agency and all the trades. We'll get to a major trade that happened about five minutes before <laughs> we were going to record this. Zach is not too happy about no, this. No. Um, Tom Brady coming back. Uh, that is where we have to start. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want to get into it right now? Maybe we should. Yeah. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on that? How... First of all, first of all, how, like, how expected was this from everyone? I think everyone was like, he's coming back. He, he is coming back. Like, I wanted to put money that this man was going to come back into the league. And he, he, he did. It was how long? Like, how? It, it couldn't have been more than, like, a month. No, I, yeah, yeah. I forget what the exact number of days it were but it was like yeah. I just I remember just looking through Instagram. It was like Tom Brady's uh, retirement lasted uh, less than this and this and this. And yeah. It was just like crazy stuff, and it was like funny to look at. But I think lots of people thought if he was gonna come back, it was gonna be to the forty nine or so. I think a lot of people. I don't know if a lot of people um, were surprised he was coming back to the Bucks. Um, I guess he gets to finish his career and. A nice place like Tampa Bay, yeah, and that's true. Um, but it's kind of weird. Like Tampa Bay was in a weird position. Tom Brady retired. Um, you know, they could have lost Chris Godwin to free agency. Um, Ali Marpet, who's a stud and yeah, only twenty eight years old, that hurt. Uh, retired. Um, Alex Jensen left. No, no, I, he, he he resigned. He resigned. Okay, uh, yeah. Alex Cap, I believe. Yeah, um, he went to Cincy actually. Yeah. Um, so they were in a rough spot, and but then they did get a a, a guard from Shaq uh, Mason. Shaq Mason, thank yeah, you. Yeah, from Tampa Bay, uh, reuniting Tom and him together. Yeah, but like it was looking bleak for uh, Tampa Bay, and then it all really of a sudden was, yeah. they get they get all their guys back. Um, their like Super Bowl odds went from like I forget it was like a ridiculously high number yeah. to like such a low number in one day. Um, yeah, it was just crazy. I think. Looking back on Tom Brady's, like, Instagram post, um, he never mentioned the word retired once, I believe, and then also, it, it was kind of just a weird situation, because, really like, yeah. like, Schefter 
and everybody was like, he's retired, and then he like his dad's like, no, he isn't, and then Tom's like, didn't make a comment, and mm-hmm. then there's like, then he retired, but it was kind of weird the a whole retirement speech. Yeah, and it was like, you you kind of have to believe him, but then it's like you also no, it's like no way. Sorry, Tom. sorry, you're too good. Yeah, like you're honest to God. You you gotta retire when you, when you're on the decline. Yeah, and, and he's it's like you. People would argue he was that NFL MVP, even though yeah. I'd have Rodgers. But like he was number two, the clear cut number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say uh, his dad also. I saw I saw a quote and it said that um, uh, Tom Brady Senior said the media really pushed Tom to do it, like how he was how he was um, all the information and all the news was released before Tom had actually made a statement, mm-hmm. and so it really put him in a like a. What well what 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 am I supposed to do now kind of scenario, so he did the retirement came back out and it was kind of I it was kind of just awkward yeah it was like because I I I remember seeing like oh Tom Brady retired Tom Brady's not retired oh Tom Brady's retired again now Tom Brady's coming out of retirement like it was like a, wait what is he what the hell is going on yeah. is he playing this season or not so I'm kind of excited to see him to see him back in the league um I think. I think uh, Ali Marpetto and Alex Kappa. I think those are two really big losses to to their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Could have been and, bad if Jensen left too. Yeah, like, no, no, and I no think kidding. he was gonna leave too. Yeah. before like he only signed resigned after Tom came back. Like if they lost those three interior guys, like oh, I would have been, I would have been over. Like, yeah, it would have been not good for no. whoever was gonna start back there. So, but I think I'm kind of. It's weird because it's like Tom, you should just retire already. But it's yes. like also it's like. Maybe I can appreciate Tom a bit more yeah. watching him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, it was kind of a scare. Like, let's try to watch him. Mm-hmm. Like, we know it's near the end now, like, for sure. Yep. Um, How many more seasons do you think he has left? It's uh, a good question. Uh, until he wins another Super Bowl. Well, what happens if that's never? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, like, well, after, after retiring this season, I think he wants to go out kind of like Peyton Manning did mm-hmm. and just go out on top. Well, um, I think he should have done it when they won the Super Bowl at Tampa Bay because now no now Tampa Bay and like I thought like this season Tampa Bay had a pretty good team, but moving forward, I don't think like their team is going to slowly like uh, they, they're they're just not as good. Yeah, like, no. ever since he won the Super Bowl, their team's been on the decline yes, and yes. I don't think this season is is gonna be better no I they're don't. gonna they're gonna lose Leonard Fournette um yeah. they're gonna lose guys on defense so well and the guys on defense they just, some of them had a really shitty year like some of them did not live up to what they to, to what they did like like white on that team like he, he he was a young stud he was he was a huge reason why they won uh the Super Bowl and like this past season he he, he kind of flopped and I don't know like Sean Sean Murphy bunting and Antoine Winfield like Guys are going to have to step up this year. Like, guys are going to have to become, like, all pro to help out Tom and, and, and get him that ring. Because, you know, if Tom doesn't have any time to throw the ball, doesn't matter who he has out there. doesn't matter if it's Gronk or Mike Evans or, or Godwin or even if it's Fournette in the backfield. Like, Tom doesn't have time to throw with with their current offensive line. Like... Yeah, um, they're just gonna have to step up. 
But yeah. Shaq Mason was a big signing though. Uh trade, yeah. Or sorry, yeah, trade. Who do they who do they trade for? A fifth round pick. Just a pick. Sha- yeah, Shaq Mason's been kinda inconsistent ever since his like rookie and sophomore year. Yeah. But um He's always been solid. Yeah. Just been Max good. mentioned a huge <laughs> trade right before we recorded. Um Oh yeah. That I'm not too happy about. Devontae Adams, quickly. Um we don't know the official package yet. Um it looks like Schefter said two premium picks. But mm-hmm. we don't know what that means. I would assume a first and a second. Yeah, and, and then, then maybe maybe players, maybe not, maybe more picks. So at the time of recording, we do not know the official trade package. No, um, because Ian Rappaport even said too that, um, well, Schefter said that there was just going to be picks, and Rappaport said that the actual like nothing's actually come out yet, and there could be some players involved. But if it's just two two twenty two first round picks, mm-hmm. I'm. I know you're not a fan of this trade, and it's like I feel like I understand where uh, Green Bay is coming from. They're they're negative forty four against the cap. Yeah, sure. Um, Devonte just plain out did not want to be there. He that, said he's not gonna play. That's true. Like 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 trading Devonte, I don't have an issue with because of the franchise tag, and they got Aaron Rodgers back. They put Devonte in the best possible situation, and he still doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So like that's not what I have an issue with. I have an issue with if they only traded for picks. If they if they traded Adams, didn't sign Aaron Rodgers, put Jordan Love at quarterback, then it's kind of a rebuild mode, right? But now they're kind of stuck in this weird in-between because they have prime picks for great players. But Aaron Rodgers is old. Like, even if they draft a great wide receiver, he's going he's gonna to be making $50 million, and he's going to be 39 years old. Like... Unless Aaron Rodgers can be can be Tom Brady, I don't see him being worth that much at all. And with the lo- with with the loss of Adams and not getting a player in return, if that is the actual, I trade. think it is because I just got a notification on my oh. phone. Devonte Adams, uh, the Packers will receive two thousand twenty two first and second round picks in exchange for All Pro wide receiver, and he signs with them. Uh, the biggest contract for a receiver. Um, so the Packers get pick 22 and 53. And uh, Aaron Rodgers um, re-signed knowing the star wide receiver would never play for the Packers again. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So. Well, that's weird. But uh, who's who, who's their best receiver now? It's, it's like it's like Scantling or, or, yeah. or Lazard. Like. And you know what, Max? Um, the... the, the the Packers shot themselves in the foot with the Jordan Love trade. That is still right haunting now. Them. They're still it's haunting. Still them. haunting. They traded up to get this man. Just ridiculous. But they had the opportunity. That was a loaded wide receiver draft class. Like just go back and look at it. Mm-hmm. They they take a wide receiver there. This this looks a little bit better. It really does. It looks a little bit better because you have a good wide receiver. Yes. Probably. Like, who knows, like, what happened. Even but, if it's mid. Even yeah. if he's mid, you got someone to throw the ball to. Yeah. And then, um, you, like, even if you stayed at that pick, you still have all the other picks. Now they're definitely going to have to take a wide receiver in the first round. I like this wide receiving core, or class again. Sure, um, yeah. There's lots of good wide receivers coming out of college, and they're pumping it and pumping it. Mm-hmm. But now you got to draft um, a wide receiver. You got your own, your other. I believe they still have their own first round pick, unless they had traded it. I think so. Um, another second to go along with their picks. So, but uh, yeah, 
I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Like, you want them to get a player. They they seem to be in win-now mode. I'm just thinking, like, um, this contract was humongous for no the Raiders. No kidding, right? Like, like, I totally give you that. How much? 28 mil a year? Yeah, I believe so. That's, I, I think that's, that's what it was. That's insane. Like, I'm sorry. No receivers worth that. And he's 29, so I guess they'll get him for the rest of his prime years. He get, uh, Devontae gets to hook up with his college teammate, Derek Carr, their former uh, Fresno State Bulldogs. I believe Devontae Adams already ha- has a house in Vegas, like, huh. literally right next to uh, Carr already. Um, yeah, Man, and they I... They got Renfro and Waller? Like, uh, yeah, so that receiving core is going to be gross. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a big trade. AFC West is a bloodbath. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, I saw a tweet, and it was like, every primetime uh, NFL game is this year is going to be AFC West <laughs> matchups. It, it just will. I, it should be. Like, I mean, like, Max Crosby is, is re-signed there. Uh, oh, yeah. Devontae. Like, look at the stars they got, they in got, the AFC West. They got it's Chandler crazy. Jones. Yeah, Chandler Jones. Okay, okay. I, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who in the AFC West has the best defensive line? Um, bro, would, I, would I be biased to say the Chargers? Well, give it, like, give just... I don't know, because, like, Chubb and... Uh, Randy Gregory going to be there. Randy Gregory is kind of inconsistent, and we know, is like, is he going to be on the field right. because of his stuff? Um, they did trade their number one defensive tackle in that Russell Wilson. Shelby tra- Harris. Yeah, yep. so. I heard. I mean, if we're looking, like, I'm taking Bosa over Chubb, and I'm taking Khalil Mack over Randy Gregory. Me too. And I'd take yep. another free agent. Um, you know, the Chargers stocked up the cupboard. Uh, they signed... Uh, re-signed Christian Covington, who's a Canadian defensive tackle, as their number three, and they signed Austin Johnson and uh, mm-hmm. Sebastian uh, uh, jo- uh, Joseph Day. Um, so, I-, I think the Chargers. I mean, the Raiders always seem to piece together, like not like the biggest names, but good, productive defensive lines. Yep. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Um, you know, and then the Chiefs. You know, they have some big names there too. Sure, uh, sure. We'll, we'll we'll throw the Chiefs a bone. Yeah. Everyone watches them for their offense. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the Chargers. I I, I, I would I would say the Chargers fairly confidently. Yeah. So I guess so. Um, before we go any further, I can't believe we have not talked about Jacksonville. Yeah. What in God's name are they doing? The direction they're going. I don't hate. I don't hate by any means. You know, they're getting a lot of key guys that are talented, that can just help them win games. They are overpaying an insane amount. I'm not even going to get into the Christian Kirk one. That's been talked to death. But, like, Zay Jones, 8 mil. Sorry, good player, not worth 8 mil. <laughs> Evan Ingram, 9 mil. Is that only a one-year contract, Evan Ingram? Um... I believe Evan Ingram, I believe it is, but Zay Jones might be two-year. I'm not sure what it is. I'll, I'll try to look it up here. But, yeah, just... I don't know what it is about that. Um, the the Jaguars are trying to surround Trevor Lawrence to be more successful, um, bringing in guys. But, you know, how do you make Christian Kirk, like, the third highest paid? Or fourth now, technically, right, with Devontae Adams? Oh, right. yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, I think right. yeah. So, he's a top five paid wide receiver in this league. 
Never Jay Jones, had over a thousand yards. That's true. That's absolutely true. Jay Jones is on a three-year contract. Zay Jones. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I kind of get it where they're going, but way too much money. Way Christian, too much money. Christian Kirk's agent needs a, a pay raise. Like, absolutely, man. Like Whoa. if I, if I'm an NFL player, I'm asking who his agent is and dumping my agent <laughs> and going to his agent. Um, like that. That that's actually insane. Twenty-one million for Christian Kirk. Like. He wasn't even the best number two option, on all like in, in the NFL. Yeah. I, what? There's so many better wide receivers available. They um, made Brandon uh, Scherf yeah. the highest paid guard in all of football, sixteen and a half million dollars. I mean, yeah. I okay. like I I understand where they're going again. That's too much money. See, for me, when I'm thinking like the Chargers, they they signed Corey Lindsay last year. Yeah. Made him the highest paid center. Maybe you could say an overpay, but look at he is top two center in this league now. Mm-hmm. You need to overpay in free agency, but in the right times. I don't think Jacksonville is in the right exactly. time. Exactly, they're still in the rebuild phase. Exactly, save your money. Hundred percent. Like, sign a Christian Kirk. Sure, like, but don't enough. give him twenty million dollars. Yeah, no, I oh. for for real. And then like they release Miles Miles Jack. Let's go Steelers. Yeah, sign to the Steelers. Gone, baby. Um, Big pickup. Yeah, that'll be a nice pickup. But, like, ugh. Jacksonville, what are you doing? Like, I love Trevor Lawrence. Do not ruin his football career. That's I, all I, I'll I have like to say. the Jacksonville franchise. I know they did the Steelers dirty a few years ago um, in the playoffs, but I like the Jacksonville franchise. I want them to do good, and, oh, man, they, they, they just aren't. Then they bought themselves a few wins, a few more wins with this team. They got... Uh, Alukin, um, for fifteen million dollars. I mean, yeah. good player. That was probably their best signing, honestly. Yeah. Um, but oh my god, like. I mean, they get the number one overall pick. We'll see what they do. Um, you know. Better, oh, be, better be uh, Thibodeau. I don't know if it needs to be Thibodeau at this point. I, but, but it might Thibodeau not be. Thibodeau and Josh Allen on the edges would be crazy. Yeah. Like it could be Hutchinson. I it's the first time in a while, like in the NFL draft, there's no clear cut number one overall draft. That's very true. Well, Evan Evan Neal could go number one. Honest to God. Um, the tackle from North Carolina State is projected to go there now. Um, there's so many guys. So, but yeah, Jacksonville, get your shit together, please. Like like, I like I actually like enjoy. Shouldn't say enjoy Jacksonville. Um, like I like I, yeah. I kind of like them. I like lots of players that Me get drafted too. there and play there. But um, yeah, it's just weird. Um, let's go th- through uh some more free Von agency. Miller, how do you feel about the Von Miller trade? That uh, is a huge bag for six years. He's thirty two. Yeah. So <clears throat> I looked at the contract. Um, they can get out of it after three years. Yeah, I saw that too. And so initially, I was like, wow, that is. Yep. What are you doing here, Me Buffalo? Too. But they're go- going all in. Don't hate it. They can get out of it in three years. Von mm-hmm. Miller seems to be healthy. He looked good last year. Looked great. Looked great um, in the Super Bowl. Only, get, no, he's one of, one of only two players in NFL history to ever um, have two sacks in two, two Super Bowls with two different teams. Yeah, and uh, he gets to pick, uh, he's with Ed Oliver there. Um, former first round pick. One of the best Buffalo. secondaries in the league. Yeah, Tre'Davious White, Hyde, and Poirier. Yeah, and Buffalo's going all in. I like to see it. Me too. Oh, I, I, yep. That AFC is just stacked. You know, um, oh, Cincinnati's it. adding some offensive line help. Oh man, they Good got to see. T- t- Ted Karras to to play their center. They got uh, Alex Kappa to play their guard. They still got Jonah Williams, who's solid off the edge, mm-hmm. playing Spain. Like they took the biggest weakness 
of their team, mm-hmm. and they made it a positive. Yeah. Like, I, I don't be shocked if 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 since he goes and does something. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know how I haven't talked about this as a Chargers fan. J.C. Jackson, I ran into uh, a Chargers fan on campus when the news broke, and me and him shared shared uh, you know, a special moment there <laughs> that uh, will last a memory. J.C. Jackson, what a steal of a deal for the Chargers. Oh. Addresses, you know, cornerback. It allows Mike Davis to go back to a CB2 position where he's more successful in. Yep. Um, it, takes, just, it just takes some load off Derwin James, too. Yeah. Like but, and Asante Samuel, that secondary is like one of the best in the league now. Like they're 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 up there with Buffalo. Still need to get some depth though. I'd like to yep. see depth, especially last year with everything that happened. No the, the depth there, the lack of depth, I should say, yeah. really showed. Um, J.C. Jackson goes to cornerback one now. Has to go with uh, Jerry Judy with Russell Wilson two two weeks of the year. Tyreek Hill with Patty Mahomes two weeks of the year. And now Devontae Adams Devontae. with. Uh, the Raiders, so he's gonna get his work cut out for it. He's five-year contract, eighty-two point five million. Um, I he's I think that's I forget what the annual average is. Um, I forget what it is too. Yeah, but, but it, people were saying it was gonna be higher than Jalen Ramsey's. It was gonna break the bank according to Schefter. Yeah, and you know he still <laughs> won the highest cornerbacks, but it's a very well priced deal. I would say so. Coupon Tom Telesco back at it again, making a great deal. JC Jackson gets to pair up with Derwin James, former high school friends. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just allows Asante Samuel to go back into his uh, slot corner position where he's more successful. He needs to stay healthy. Um, like I said, Mike Davis gets the load off of him. He's a good cornerback too. Um, yeah, Chargers also signed two big defensive tackles. Uh, fixing, you know, probably the main uh, issue with that team. Um, be interesting to see what they do at pick seventeen. They could go wide receiver or hopefully offensive tackle. Definitely. But um, Max, I'd be remiss to, to not mention how you your Steelers have a new quarterback one. And before I let you talk, I actually do not hate the contract me at all. Neither. Listen, as a Steelers fan. As soon as Wilson got traded, as soon as Rodgers re-signed, there was very little hope for the offseason. I didn't know what I wanted. I thought, I don't know, I thought Bridgewater could have been an option. Uh, Winston, you got guys from the draft. You got Pickett, you got Willis. Like, You had some guys, but whoever it was going to be, they were going to be mid. They were going to be mid this season. Steelers weren't going to have a great offensive season. And they got Mitchell Trubisky. Never even thought of him. Never never had a second look at him. Like when I was looking over at quarterbacks for, for Pittsburgh. And I saw him. So I think he's on a like a... Two-year deal. Two-year deal. I think he's like seven and a half mil. Something and like he, that. I think he's like... At a, yeah, fourteen point two for over two years. So, mm-hmm. I I I like the deal. Um, it allows uh, Pittsburgh to not draft a quarterback this year. I Which hope I'm they really don't. Happy about yeah, it. and then they can go into the next class, and that next class will be a more loaded yep. quarterback class. Spencer um, Rattler, baby. Uh, <laughs> Spencer Rattler, Bryce Young. Uh, hopefully DJ at Clemson can turn it around here. I've been a high fan of him, but he kind of had a piss poor performance this year. Yeah. I'm probably missing some huge quarterback names, but it's a it's a a lot better class next year. Allows Pittsburgh to get a, a quarterback that next year, 
they can either learn over true uh learn under Trubisky, um, mm-hmm. I guess like a vet uh vet guy to learn under, um, or just start him right away because that contract isn't too big and it's only one more year. Yep. I think Trubisky is like only like the mid twenties like highest paid quarterback, so I think it's a good deal. Um, Steelers, I don't know how you feel, but I don't, I don't think they're in win now mode, especially in this eight loaded AFC. They want to compete. They're not tanking by yeah. any means, but they're slowly going to rebuild. You got Najee back there. You're going to have a future quarterback next year. Um, the wide mm-hmm. receiving core is young and set. Need to rebuild the offensive line, which they can do this year in the draft, I would yeah, hope. Um, their defense, you know, they got TJ Watt. Miles Jack, that was a, that was such a good pickup. Yeah, he's, he's been kind of disappointing after his second uh, mm-hmm. second year in the league, but uh, I like him. He's still super young. Yeah, got, got rid of Joe Schobert, too, who, yeah. who had a down year. He's been having down years. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really happy to see what I'm really happy to see that that signing because it kind of gives fans a little bit of hope, right? It's kind of like, hey, watch the season. Like we might have something in store for you. Yeah, it's not like we might we might be an eight and eight team, but we're not trying to be. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. trying to win. We're trying to be as su- successful as possible. So. As a football of any franchise, you gotta like that. Or as a fan of any franchise, you gotta like that. Yeah, I'll, I'm just gonna do a quick rundown. Um, Max, you can just jump in mm-hmm. if you have any major thoughts um, on free agency. We we, t- we touched on Devontae Adams, Von Miller, J.C. Jackson, Christian Kirk, Randy Gregory, Marcus Williams going from New Orleans to Baltimore. Most people remember him from the Minneapolis mm-hmm. Miracle. He's a solid young uh, defensive back safety Um Going to the Ravens, again, the Ravens, they could have a bounce back season. They really I, could. The Zadarius Smith signing? Yeah, no, he, he didn't sign. He didn't sign. What? It fell through, yeah. It fell through today. Seriously? Yeah, it fell oh, through. Oh, shit. Because yeah. it was like nine mil. Like, yeah. that was a great deal. That was I'm, a great I'm, deal. Unless I'm tripping, I'm pretty sure it fell through Um, just today. Um, but I, I like that pickup for Baltimore. They need to address that secondary. They did five-year <laughs> contract, $70 million. Got to address a lot. Chandler Jones, we mentioned. Um, I wanted the Chargers to sign him before we got Khalil Mack, and then I realized... I was going to say, you greedy bastard. You can't have every no, good defensive but, free agent. But Chandler Jones, like after that five-sack performance, I believe, against the Giants in week one... I think, I, I'm pretty sure it was against the Raiders. Oh, I, I don't know who it was against, but uh, he like his PFF grade, yeah, piss poor, and run run defense piss poor. So after that one wow. game, so who knows? Um, they gave the Raiders gave up uh, Yannick Ngakwe, traded him to the Colts mm-hmm. um, to allow Chandler Jones to step in. Brandon Scherf, uh, Max men- mentioned, highest paid guard. Allen Robinson today signed with the Rams. Going to be a solid, really good pickup. Yeah, wide receiving. Uh, core there, especially if OBJ resigns. I, I, doubt, I doubt he it. is. No, yeah. He's going to want more money than the, than they're willing to pay him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they still got Robert Woods there. They they, they still got Higby at the tight end position. They yeah. got weapons. Yeah, I'll be solid. Uh, Hassan Reddick uh, going to Philly. Uh, a very solid uh, outside linebacker, sack yep. master there. Um, you know, Chervius, Jeez, oh, uh, Mr. Ward from Kansas City going to San Francisco. <laughs> Cannot, um, he, he's very good. Um, San Francisco needed defensive backs. They got old-ass Richard Sherman, I believe, there right now. Yeah, no uh, Or maybe he's in Tampa Bay. I have no I idea. Even, I, I don't even know if he's on a roster right yeah. now. I'm not going to lie. But they, 
the 49ers definitely need some cornerback help. Lakin Tomlinson going to the Jets. I like that pickup for the Jets. They're yep. rebuilding. He's a solid guard, one of the better guards in the league. We mentioned Alex Kappa going to Cincinnati. Ogan uh, Joby, that's that, big. That was a huge contract. That Not was a sure. Huge I contract. don't know where why Chicago did that. No, they don't really because they're in a rebuild. Yeah, and, why, why, why are you? Get, and they're trying to save money, and they just go out. And that's sign why they up. got rid of Khalil Mack, and then yeah. you just redid the entire purpose of getting Khalil Mack. Yeah, don't trading him. Don't know why that happened. Justin Reed to the uh, Chiefs um, means Honey Badger is going to go out. Um, you got CJ Uzama uh, going to the Jets. Yeah, I like what the Jets are kind of doing. They're going to rebuild here. They're, they got a high pick. Um, yeah, do you want them to pay $15 million a year for CJ Uzama? <laughs> uh, not really, but... Man, you better step up if you want... If you... Well, it's Jeez. $8 million a year. It's, that's just... Uh, we're, like that, That's if he gets released uh, after... Oh, years. I see, I see. Um, Sebastian Joseph, like I mentioned for the Chargers, very good pickup, uh, defensive tackle. Um... Yeah, and just like Uchenna Nuoso to Seattle, I was kind of sad to see him go. Yep. I remember when he got drafted by the Chargers, and I've been a big, big fan of him. But, you know, there's lots of free agents left to sign. Uh, Toronto Armstead's still out there. Big offensive tackle from the Saints. Um, yeah, I know I know. Dolphins fans are waiting for, for, for Toronto Armstead there. Yeah, um, like I mentioned, the Honey Badger. I'm sure there's some other big free agents, but it's been a huge week in... Uh, Football. <laughs> Eli Apple got re-signed. Yeah, to for a one-year one contract. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love that. One thing, one thing that I, um, <coughs> one thing that I have to mention, sorry. How and why did the Titans release Julio, Julio Jones? They had the best, maybe you can answer this question for me, they had the best receiver duo in the league. What the hell? They got Carl yeah. Landry, signed him. They are in a win-now mode. What I think the just hell? injuries and, um, you know, his hamstrings have been horrible oh. for the past, like, three years. I mean, I, I get, like, get rid of that huge contract. I believe he was the second highest paid um, receiver at the time mm-hmm. where he's with Tennessee. So I get, guess, uh, I get where they're coming from for the tight ends. But, yeah. I, w- I would have be... tried one year, though. Yeah, another one, year. One year of him healthy. I understand mm-hmm. he's expensive. One year of him healthy. Give that duo a real shot with a real quarterback. Yeah, but, yeah, with that being said... There's too much to talk about in, in the in the NFL free agency. Can't go over everything. Yeah, but with that being said, we move on to the biggest interview in our podcast history. One, um, of, the, one, of, the, one of the coolest guys we've had on, one of the... One of the Fun, funnest interviews that we've ever done. Yeah, the one and only TSN Zone, James Duthie. Enjoy. All right, hello everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode, another interview. Today we have someone who we're beyond excited to have on a Wall Plates Cuss. Someone all three of us have grew up watching and continue to watch. We have TSN broadcaster, anchor, award winner, and author, Mr. James Duthie. How you doing today, James? Thanks so much for being on. Uh, much for you, boys. It's a pleasure. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, so, uh, before we get into uh, your career too much heavy into um, into sports, we, I want to talk more about what you have uh, done with your interviews in the past. Are there any interviews that you have done that have really stood out to you? So that things that might have even like changed your career, you might even say. Uh, that's a great question. Um, interviews. 
I don't know that there's one, you know, that really hundred percent sticks out in my mind. Um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a few out there for you. Okay. Um, I mean, when I was the local guy in Ottawa, I had a crazy, a crazy week where I interviewed the prime minister who was Mulroney at the time. That's how old I am. And, uh, uh, John Bon Jovi, who was big at the time. Again, wow. that's how old I am. <laughs> and, and, uh, year. I did them all in like two days and I'm like, man, this is a pretty cool job. So, uh, uh, but none of those memories, interviews were really memorable. I remember when I got to TSN, my idol, when I like, if if my sports idol, I love football. I love the 49ers and Ronnie Lott, who uh, was the hall of fame safety for the 49ers was always my favorite player. I only have, I only had two jerseys ever in my lifetime. I could see you guys got a whole full wall full. Oh, yeah. uh, Tim Raines, uh, Montreal Expos, and uh, Ronnie Lott, San Francisco 49ers. So, and the only jersey I still have somewhere tucked up in my closet is Ronnie Lott, number 42. <laughs> so, my first year at TSN, Ronnie Lott came to TSN for, I can't remember what reason. He was doing a tour, and I got to interview him. And I remember being so nervous. And there was somebody jackhammering in the next studio, so we kept having to stop the interview. And I was getting more and more nervous because he was getting antsy. So that was like my first, you know, real sort of nerve wracking moment. Um, Another one I'll tell you about is 2005 British Open Golf. Uh, That's when time came. And we had never gotten an interview with Tiger Woods after he'd won a major. TSN had never. And so that was my goal that whole week. We were at St. Andrews in Scotland. I desperately wanted to get a Tiger Woods interview and uh, ended up meeting his agent and sort of sucking up to his agent all week. Because when somebody wins a major, like somebody like Tiger, uh, they'll do like a big media conference. But usually the only people get to interview him are the whoever did the tournament, right? Like CBS or NBC. And in this case, it was ABC. And so they were the only ones who going to get the one-on-one with Tiger Woods. But I sucked through this. And then I kind of staked out the area where where uh, ABC was going to do the interview in this little portable. And uh, when he came in after with this whole entourage, I saw the agent. I'm like, Mark, James from TSN. And then all the security people were like, no, no, you can't go in there. That's only, and, and the agent says, no, he's coming in. And so uh, we got our first one-on-one interview with Tiger Woods. So uh, those are the ones that stick in my head. Uh, as far as important things, uh, Brian Burke's son, Brendan, who unfortunately passed away, um, he, Brennan was gay and he was one of the first people in hockey to come out. He was like the manager of a university team in the States. And he did an interview with me and his dad, Brian on TSN during a pregame show many years ago now, uh, I think maybe 2009. And, uh, that was special just because it was an important issue. And I think it meant a lot to me that they chose me to, to do the interview because I knew the family very well. So, again, I've really never thought about this question much before, which is strange because I'm sure I've been asked before. But those are the first ones that come to my mind. Uh, that's super cool. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, so, so, some, some of the best interviews are the guys that you're able to do, like, personally, your own favorite childhood stars. And some of them is when you get really personal with someone and you actually, like, try to understand their lives outside outside of sports so 
Those are, I really like those answers. Um, but you know, you know, Max, it's a, it's something, it's something actually I wish I got to do more. Um, I love doing interviews as you guys do clearly. And, uh, because of my job, because I'm hosting so many things, I don't, maybe that's something I can still do before my career is done is sit down and do longer form interviews, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have had quite the extensive career in a lot of sports, obviously, but hockey has definitely been the one, uh, in my opinion, that I grew up watching you on the most. And uh, through the World Juniors and the Olympics, you've traveled all over the world uh, for your career. Where are some of the favorite places you've traveled? I mean, obviously, you're still working, um, but do you ha- any have? Ah, sorry, do you ever have any time for, for sightseeing or exploring where, where you're at? Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of my favorites, I was in Prague for uh, when Vancouver was awarded the Olympics. I think that must have been 2005 or so. Um, that was a really cool trip because it was, a first of all, a big event. And I got to see the inner workings of the IOC and, and I got to spend, I think, a good eight, nine days in Prague. Um, that's a really amazing city. Um, London. 2012 Olympics I was in London for a month almost and that was that was really cool because a a lot of times in my job you're kind of in and out or if you're in like a world juniors most of the time I'm I'm at the rink all the time right so you don't have a lot of time to to see the city Um, and just some of the cities in the states like I had a blast in Nashville when they were in the Stanley Cup final you guys, you guys got to get to Nashville at some point for a hockey trip. If you haven't been, it's, it's amazing. I'm in Nashville, uh, I think they yeah. should get, they should get an all-star game. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. So that's on it the is so, it is so good. <laughs> yeah, it should be. It's such a good, and it's so, you know, Vegas, a lot of the guys like Vegas, but to me, Vegas is almost, you know, it's too big and too flashy. And there's so like, there's so much going on and so many people, whereas Nashville, the bar strip is only about, three blocks right it's almost like a canadian city and three blocks leads right to the rink is right at the end of the strip you know you can walk in and out of the bars with a beer and you can uh there's country music playing in every and i was never a big country guy but natural kind of makes you fall in love with it right so great great hockey trip or football trip to go to nashville for sure guys i think a lot of people would be very surprised by that to think in nashville as like a hot city for hockey. Yeah. Football, yeah. Football, I can get more. No, it's great. Like great crowds in Nashville for hockey. Uh, the other one, I had a great trip to, I went to Sweden, um, maybe 2004. And uh, we went to this town called Erncholtsvik, which is a, a little town. I don't know what the population is, maybe 50,000, 70,000 but it has like more NHLers per capita than almost any other city. So the Sedins were both from uh, Ernschildsvik, Peter Forsberg from Ernschildsvik. I'm going to forget somebody, Mats Naslin, maybe I might be getting that wrong, but I, there was at the time I went there, there was about 10 guys in the NHL from Ernschildsvik. So, uh, and way up in Northern Sweden. Um, So cool places. That's one of the neat parts of the job is to get, getting to see these places that you otherwise would never get to. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. And so you're just coming off covering the Olympics. And for me personally, when I'm watching the Olympics, it's to support the Canadian athletes. And like <laughs> my favorite part is kind of the feel good stories. Um, personally, this year, like me and Max are both from, from Saskatoon. Um, Emily Clark, who was on the women's national team, actually attended our the same high school as us. So that was definitely cool to see. And then also seeing the Slovakian uh, men's hockey team, like a team yeah. that during the World Juniors, I was really high on. So seeing them do well and uh, seeing, you know, them bringing home bronze. So I was just wondering, what what were some of those moments for you this year? Like, feel good as you could uh, yeah. take in as a fan? Well, it's funny you say that about Emily, who's awesome, by the way. Uh, because, you know, that's I think that's part of the reason I fell in love with the Olympics. Because when I was a kid, younger than you guys, like when I was, I don't know, eight, nine years old, there was a guy named Horst Bulau who was a ski jumper and went to my high went to like lived in my neighborhood, went to my high school. And, and so he was in the Olympics in whatever year that was. And uh, I was like, holy crap, like this guy from my school is in the Olympics. And that, that sort of made me fall in love with the Olympics. Um, so I think that's all, you know, Canadians, somebody from their hometown that really makes them relate. This year was funny. I'm glad you mentioned Slovakia because I only did hockey this year. Uh, some Olympics, I've did everything. This time it was chillers weren't there. Canada lost in the quarters. The U.S. lost in the quarters. But I think those two stories, Slovakia winning a bronze was probably my whole favorite thing of the Olympics because of the same, like they, to have never won a medal. And everybody back here, like even my buddies were texting going, who cares about this hockey tournament, right? Well, those guys cared. And I don't know if you saw the celebration they had in the town after. It was insane. And even Finland to win the gold, which they'd never won before. I think those two things that happened on the last day kind of salvaged the men's hockey tournament because besides that, there wasn't much interesting going on. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I'm, you know, it's, I, I like watching the other events just because I can be a Canadian and sort of cheer. Uh, that was the one cool thing. Thing. When, when you're a broadcaster hosting the Olympics and they teach you in journalism school, you're not supposed to be a cheerleader, right? You're supposed to cover it neutrally. It's yeah. kind of fun when I'm only covering hockey and I can watch the other events and really sit back and, and cheer for Canada. Uh, I'm try- I can't think of one particular moment. I think Shao Lamlan, the speed skater, getting his, uh, when they won gold and he set a record for the most medals. I thought that was, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, even this wasn't a big buzz Olympics because it was China and uh, COVID and everything else, but I, I still love the Olympics. I, I hope I'm lucky enough to broadcast a few more because they're always my favorite thing. Vancouver in 2010, oh. probably if you guys were to ask me my highlight of my, my career, that'd probably be number one. You guys would be real. How old were you? Like eight, nine when that happened? Or like Let's when Crosby see. scored his goal? Seven. Seven yeah, yeah. For us. Yeah. Okay. So but do you, do you remember where you were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was yeah, eating so I, bet, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Good Canadian thing to be. But see, that's probably one of, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing that's probably one of the first moments where you guys, you know, a sports moment that you, you guys remember exactly where you were, even though you're only seven years old, right? For has, sure. has to be a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So I was, 30 feet from the net behind Ryan Miller. That's where our set was. And uh, funny story. I almost missed the goal because my son was playing hockey in a, in a, like a playoffs that day. 
And so I was looking, somebody kept texting me updates on the game. So I was looking down at my phone. Uh, somebody had sent me a text getting a score. And it was so quiet in the arena because everybody was so nervous that I, I heard uh, Sid yell Iggy. And that's the only reason I looked up from my phone just in time to see the goal. So imagine if I missed the uh, greatest goal ever for a peewee hockey score. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, no. That, that, that would have been hard to live down. Yeah. What just happened? Wait. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So we talked about hockey, but for me, if I had to think of the second sport that I would associate you with, it would be football and especially the CFL. Um, unfortunately you couldn't come or not that you couldn't come, but you weren't able to come in 2013, uh, to Saskatchewan for that great cup when they won, you know, I think talk about sports highlights of our, of our lives. That has to be one of them for sure. And, uh, but you've been able to cover all, all, all of them ever since. Has there been a couple of games that you absolutely loved watching. I know you have to like kind of be neutral, but that just had like a great atmosphere and like just a great feeling to it while watching. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I really regret not making that one. Um, that was the last one before. So back I, I was, I did CFL when I first came to TSN before you guys were even born. And uh, then the hockey gig came along and I was like full-time hockey for about uh, 10 years. And then when the whole rights thing happened, I don't want to bore you, but, you know, Rogers got the national hockey rights back and TSN was uh, doing regional hockey. Um, that was the year that that was that last great cup that I didn't go to. And then I started going, you're right, the year after that. So I can't wait for this year to be back in Saski, which let's face it is, uh, I mean, it's the heartbeat of the CFL. And uh, even I got to go this year for the West semifinals. Mm-hmm. And you know, was it wasn't even the best because it was still COVID and wasn't a great crowd, but uh, awesome stadium, still awesome atmosphere. I can't wait to be there for a great cup. Um, to answer your question, let's see. Like I remember, like my first one as a host was 1998, and win in Winnipeg, where I think the the Stamps beat the tie cats on a last second field goal i think pretty sure uh so you know your first one's always special as a fan i went to a couple as a kid as a as a as, as sorry as a fan my your first one specialist broadcaster i grew up in ottawa okay and my dad was a massive rough riders fan like that's all the one thing I did with my dad every single week in Ottawa for I moved out of Ottawa when the Red Blacks won the Grey Cup over Calgary in what 16, 15, I lose the years uh, about five years ago now. Um, my, so my dad was sick. He got in cancer and uh, wasn't doing great. And Ottawa, if you ever like study the history of Ottawa, it's one of the most terrible franchises ever, right? Baskey wasn't great in like the eighties, nineties either, but Ottawa, for an eight nineteen league, the Rough Riders were like terrible every single year. Basically, yep. uh, you know they won one Grey Cup in seventy six and made it to another like ten years later, and that was it. <laughs> but so for the Red Blacks to make it and be big underdogs, and, and they won that game, and I got to present the Grey Cup to them, um, and to be up on that stage, and I kept thinking about my dad 
and what it would mean to him. And I called a moment, right, to to share that, you know, your dad who's been a fan his whole life and he gets to watch his son up there on the stage, part of the Grey Cup presentation. So that one, plus that was an amazing game, right? Overtime, Henry Burris. So I think that one probably will always be the tops for me. My dad passed away like a year later. So, so that one's super, super special to me. Yeah. Just the, the, the emotional connection that, that, that you can have with sports teams. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that, that, that we all love to do this. I mean, like my, my dad is, is not a sports guy whatsoever, but every single Rock Rider game, we sit down, he makes a meal and we watch and it's not even about the team. It's just about like spending the time with the people that you love. The team's kind of just a reason to sit down. It's like going bowling. It's like it's it's like going golfing. It's just a reason to spend time with people. That's why I love it. Yeah, it's that's incredibly well said. And like I said, treasure uh, you know treasure those moments because you don't I you don't think about them growing up. But you know, after my dad was gone, like I yeah, I think so much about all those nights at the uh at lands what it was called lands park back then watching the riders getting 55 to 3 but it was so fun just to hang out with your dad right absolutely uh so james max mentioned in the intro that you're also an author and uh you know one of my personal favorite books is uh beauties um you know, I, I enjoy it so much because, you know, it's kind of like a podcast, like what we're doing, but it's like, you're having a conversation almost with the guys. And, uh, you know, I, t- I was telling Max, like, it's like, you're at a campfire and you're, you're talking to these like hockey legends type yeah. of thing. And, uh, my personal favorite, uh, story is like Dustin Tukarski. He's from where my dad grew up and, you know, that whole, like with John Cooper and the carjacking story, like, I just found that like so crazy and surreal. <laughs> But I was just wondering, what was your favorite story that you got to hear? Well, first of all, Zach, thank you for saying what you said about like the campfire. It's because that's exactly what I was trying to do, right? I, I wanted my entire career, I'd sort of spent uh, the cool, one of the cool things about my job is hosting. You get all these different people sitting next to you, right? Ex-players, ex-coaches, and they usually off camera when you're watching the game they tell you these awesome stories but they you know they can't be repeated or too long to be repeated on on the air and so I sort of kept filing them away in my head and saying that would be a cool book to do someday and and that's what I wanted it to be I I wanted it to feel like you were sitting there having a beer with the guy hearing hearing stories right and so I really appreciate that and the the Tikarski one, like if you hadn't said what you said there, that probably wanted I wanted the book to be stories that people had not heard, first of all, and that weren't necessarily stories about winning the Stanley Cup or whatever. There's a couple in there, but stories that, you know, stuff that happened off the ice or in the dressing room. I wanted to take people, you know, behind the curtains of stuff they don't see or don't hear about. And so John Cooper was probably I knew Coop pretty well, and he was probably like my sixth or seventh phone call uh in in getting the book ready and uh he told me this story you know on the phone and i was like man that is exactly i wrote this book is first don't know uh haven't read the book it's basically involves a carjacking uh a knife point 
a crazy drive to get to a game, a, a huge brawl that involves a goalie fight, and one of the craziest comebacks in hockey history, really, yeah. all meshed into one story in the minors. So that's definitely that's definitely right up there. Um, besides that, it's hard to pick. It's it's hard to pick your favorite because it's like picking your favorite kid or something, right? I, you write a story like that, and they all they all mean something different to you. So uh, uh, one of my favorites was about there was a story in there about Scott Foster, who you know everybody remembers David Ayers, who was the uh, Zamboni driver who goes in nets for Carolina and beats the Leafs, right? Oh, Leaf yeah. fans want to forget it, but everybody, but I think a lot of people have forgotten like two years before Scott Foster was a emergency goalie and he was a beer league goalie and he went in for Chicago and played like 14 minutes and, and shut out the jets for 14 minutes and they won the game. And in some ways, I honestly think it's a cooler story because David Ayers, as much as it was, you know, the Zamboni driver, like he practiced with the Leafs like a hundred times, right? He was like the, the goalie they would use in practice if one of their goalies needed the day off. So he knew all the NHLers' shots. He'd been around the dressing rooms. He knew all the guys. Whereas uh, Scott Foster, like he was like the two of you or me, right? He was like he was an accountant who played who played beer league hockey, and all, he hadn't even met anybody on the Blackhawks. And the next thing you know, he's you know in uniform sitting next to Patrick Kane or whatever. And so I think in many ways it was a cooler story because it was just completely out of the blue, kind of a rocky story. And, and uh, yeah, so that's another one of my favorites in there. Yeah, for sure. You know, like what are you saying? He was in the back and then like all the guys were like uh, bugging him and like, Hey, you got to go in now, like all that stuff. So yeah, that was surreal. And I, I feel like lots of people forget that, but uh you know, I was I was telling Max I'd be pissed off at myself if I didn't mention this during the interview. But uh, you mentioned or before um, if you were to put in a story in a book, and I don't know if this was in a previous book of yours too. Is but but when you got attacked by grandmas with baseball bats, um, and I only I only bring this up because in my grade twelve history class we were taught we there was a whole lesson plan. And it was like about the Oka crisis, but it also went before and, um, oh, what was the Aquas? Aquasazni. Aquasazni, good for you. Thank you. Um, And it was about that. And we learned about it and we learned about the grandmas attacking like a reporter. And so what do I do? I I go up and I I start researching it. I'm like, like, let me see it. Try to find a video of it. Little to like, and then I find out it was you that got attacked. (laughs) And then... (laughs) I'm like, what is like, what's happening? And then I go into my test and there was a question with bonus marks. And it was, you know, who attacked a cameraman and a reporter? And it was like the government police or like grandmas. And so like, so first of all, thank you with helping me in my history 12 class. But is that one of the craziest experiences that you've ever had? Class really uh, it really was because I was just a kid. I was 22 and it was my first summer on the job. So when I came out of Carleton U, there weren't a lot of jobs in sports and I got a job as a news reporter. And uh, so there was had been tension on this uh, on this reserve between there's a lot of casinos on reserves now. Right. But back then, this was just starting. 
And uh, Aquasasney was one of the first places that had a casino. And it really divided the reserve because the Mohawks who lived there, you know, half of them were very traditional Mohawks who, you know, wanted their traditional way of life. And half of them wanted to, you know, make money for the. So they came into work one Saturday and uh, we had a report on the, the police other down on Aquasasney, which was about an hour from Ottawa. So I got in the car with my cameraman and we went down to Aquasasney and we get there and there's a, the New York State Police have set up. It's a weird place where it's right between Ontario and Quebec, I think, and New York State. And the reserve is right there. And so it's weird as far as police jurisdiction. And so the New York State Police had set up a roadblock, but they weren't really, they were letting the Mohawks fight, which is kind of crazy if you think about it now, but they really didn't have jurisdiction on the reserves. So down the road, these Mohawks are shooting at each other and uh, the cops aren't doing anything. They're just keeping everybody at, at this roadblock. So there's a whole bunch of media there and I was really young and cocky, so... I kind of talked my way past the uh, the roadblock to to walk closer. Well, the Mohawks had set up, the block. you know, it was kind of old school Wild West stuff where the men are down the street shooting at each other and the, they put the women all at this roadblock um, to make sure nobody came in. None of the media came in or anybody. So there's probably like 20 women behind this roadblock. And I come walking up with my cameraman. And he's holding the camera by his side, but he's rolling because I'm trying to get some, some, you know, video. And uh, I said something really stupid, like, I come in peace or something really idiotic. <laughs> so uh, they, uh, anyway, all of a sudden they started, they started, uh, like, I guess they saw the red light on the camera. So they all started like charging from me and they all have baseball bats. It wasn't comical at the time, but I'm sure it was comical watching because uh, a lot of the ladies were a little bit older. I found out grandmas and uh, they weren't exactly in the best shape. And so I was like using all my touch football moves, trying to get away from them. All right. Like peeking them out. And they're, they're running at me like really slowly waving these waving these baseball bats. And my cameraman was an older gentleman and he was a like a pacifist and like he wasn't really running away like I was. And they started like beating on him hard with the baseball bats, like four or five of them. And uh, so I kind of came over and, and tried to like get them off him. And I pushed one of them away to pick him up off the ground. Cause he was down on the ground and I was worried he was going to get killed. And as soon as I like shoved one of them out of the way to pick him up, they started freaking out even more like you shoved a woman. And, and so they're all kind of charging at me and I'm walking backwards to try to hold them off. And then out of the corner of my eye, I, I just sort of catch this blur. And basically, I guess the men down the road figured out what was going on. And one of them came running. I got like clothesline with an AK-47. Or like, I must have gone flying like six feet. Because I probably weighed like 150 soaking wet back then. And then he was on top of me, choking me with an AK-47. I thought I was going to, this is, I thought I was going to die in my first summer on the job. So uh, around that time, the New York State Police like fired a shot in the air. And they finally came down and broke it all up. But the funny part was, so the next day, all of a sudden, newspapers, which is probably where your history teacher got this from, it said, like, war on the reserve. And there was a picture of me. I had, like, two broken ribs, and my shirt was ripped open. I had a concussion. It was, like, a picture of me on the, on the 
front of the uh, uh, the front of the Sun newspapers. And but in the caption, it said like James Duffy attacked by a bunch of like Aquasazni grandmothers. <laughs> so my friends thought that was the funniest thing ever, right? <laughs> and so I never, I never heard, I never heard the end of it. So uh, there's the story. And that was the first time, by the way, I ever made it on the uh, on the CTV National News. That night, I was right. on there with my shirt ripped wide open. Well, I mean, I guess any publicity is good publicity, if you, if you want to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose, I suppose my, my big break. <laughs> uh, so speaking of beauties, you had some like insane all-time hockey legends in there, like, like Hall of Famers. You know, you had the great one, Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr. How were you able to get so many of these guys' stories? Did you, like, contact them personally? Did you go through agencies? That's a great question. Uh, I mean, mostly relationships. Uh, The fortunate thing about my job is that I've gotten to know most of these guys over the years, right? And hopefully been decent enough to them and developed a little bit of trust um, between us. So, but I, I, but I tell you, Max, there was still some pretty cool moments like Bobby Orr, you know, I know, but, you know, I've interviewed him a few times, but we didn't really have a big personal relationship. And uh, like the first day I started working on the book, I sent him an email, said, Mr. Orr, you know, I know you've done a lot of books, but I was just wondering if you had any stories that, uh, you know, wouldn't be in the book. And I think I read about this in the beginning of the book like the next day I got a call from like an unknown number and I pick it up and it's like hey it's Bobby are you ready to hear my story and I was like holy crap (laughs) it's Bobby Orr so uh but he was kind enough to tell me a story I've never heard and then you know Sydney was Wayne was great Wayne I just called it's kind of cool to have like Wayne Gretzky in your when I'm trying to impress people I have show Wayne Gretzky's number in my cell phone. That's always pretty cool, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, but, that's uh, fair. <laughs> um, but Sid was interesting because Sid, uh, you know, pretty private guy, but wonderful guy. And he would send me voice memos. Oh. So every couple of weeks, I would get like this voice memo would pop up in my inbox and it would be from Sid. And he'd be somewhere on the road in a hotel room. And he's like, yeah, James, I thought of another story. And uh, he'd tell me a story. And he must have sent me like four or five of these things. So I, I, and I thought that was pretty cool because some of these guys, you know, they're not the most interesting interviews when you talk to them. Like, but if you're, if you, you know, you get to know them and you get them away from all the microphones in the dressing room, they have some pretty great stories to tell. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we mentioned Oakley, unfortunately, couldn't be here, the other member of this podcast. But uh, he's Sorry, writing, Oakley. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's writing an exam. But, uh, you know, I wanted to ask uh, this question on behalf of him. Um, he's got a good friend. We're, we're from Saskatoon. He's got a good friend uh, named Brad Lambert. Um, you know, yeah, you're not in your head. Um, what a my, player. Yeah, my claim yeah. to fame as a hockey player is uh, line matching up against him in peewee hockey and scoring four <laughs> goals nice. against him. So, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's off and going to be a top 10 pick and, uh, you know, I'm playing football, you know, but uh, Oakley, like Oakley's <laughs> pretty good friends with them. We're trying to get him on the pod. I think it's going to happen pretty soon, but you know, what, what are your just thoughts about him as a player, but also, you know, on the world juniors here, like going forward, like how that's, this is all going to happen. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Zach, um, 
that story, I think, will become more and more valuable to you as the years go by and you're in the bars yeah. in Saskatoon and Brad's up on the big screen, you know, scoring two goals in the NHL and you'll be like to the cute girl next to you, yeah, I scored four goals against that guy in Pee Wee, no big deal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a, no, he's an awesome player. What it's been, it feels like I the World Juniors is so messy now because the canceled one and everything, I... I feel like I've done about four Brad Lambert World Juniors. I suppose it's only two, right? Yeah. But, uh, when, you know, even as a 16-year-old playing for Finland there, I guess uh, he looked really good. And you can tell he's going to be he, – he's going to be a terrific player. He started – started – to the season I remember when we got to the world juniors like he was about his Finland play you know was going to be right there probably with the Connor Bedards and the Owen Powers one of the best players in the tournament so I just think the sky's the limit for the guy um I wish he could have played for Canada somehow and not Finland but I I still think it's kind of these names are like Heiskanen and and all that and then you got Brad Lambert (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, so we had Rod Peterson on, I think that, I think that was our, 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 our last episode. Um, and we, 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 we had asked him this question and I, I'm always so curious about the, the different answers we get, uh, just cause I'm, I'm always so, I'm always so, so curious in the question, but you have had, uh, or you've worked on so many different sports, you know, basketball, football, hockey, uh, golf, so soccer, you know, like the, the, the list goes on and on. And, you know, Every every sport has its own culture that I think when you're trying to report, you're trying to broadcast, you're really trying to immerse yourself in it. But it's hard when you're kind of dropped into a situation that you might not know a lot about. How was that transition for you between like covering the Grey Cup and then immediately going into the NHL or, you know, Masters to the MLS Cup? How was that? Yeah, that's another great question because it, it is a challenge. And I've often thought, you know, as a play-by-play guy, I don't think you could do that many sports. I think you could probably do two really well. Yeah. Like a guy like Dan Schulman, you know, he does baseball and college basketball yeah. and he does them really well. Um, I think because you have to know as a host, I think you can get away with it a little bit easier because I'll be frank. I, I do not know the players in these leagues as well as, as the play by play guys do. I mean, obviously I know hockey because I've been following it all my life and watching it and, Um, but I don't, and, but as a host, I kind of think my job is to, to not necessarily be the guy who knows everything about every single guy. It's to be the generalist who tells you what the big stories are and ask the questions that maybe the fans at home would want me to ask the analysts. Right. So, you know, Gord Miller, Ray Ferraro go into a world juniors and they know every player on every roster and something about them. I, you know, I try to, but I, I don't have the same level. Um, you know, when I, like you say, I, the two, the three sports I probably know the best are hockey, football, and golf. Um, I watch a ton of golf. I probably know golf better than, than, than any of the sports. Um, hockey, probably one one a with golf but even the hockey you know some nights i'm doing highlights and there's a guy shows up playing his first game with arizona i'm like who the heck is this guy 
right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to know everybody. So it's it's easier uh, it's easier when you're a host to be able to jump like that. And you know, the example you're talking about, I jumped into the NBA Finals the year the Raptors were in there because my my deal with TSN is that is that they have me cover major events whenever possible, right? So if there's a championship, and in this case, the Raptors were involved. Now, certainly, I follow the NBA, um, but I don't watch every single game every single night. So in the, you know, the month before I find out that if the Raptors are going to do the finals, that I'm going to be there, I start, you know, getting into heavy research mode and, and watching every game I can, and not just the Raptors, but the teams that might come out of the West and so on and so forth. But again, as a host, in that time, I was working with Chris Bosch. So, you know, we'd have three minutes in a pregame show and two minutes in a halftime show to talk. And it, it, you can sort of, you don't need to have every single detail, right. To, uh, to, uh, so I've learned, I guess, over the years to know what I need to know and uh, not worry about as much about what I don't need to know as a host. You know, when I learned a valuable lesson, those 2010 Olympics, man, I studied for those like they were law exams, like for six months, I knew something about every single athlete from every single country in those Olympics. I had a binder this thick of notes that I'd made. And then I start hosting the Olympics and I'm on for like two minutes and then we're gone to the, some event for two hours. I probably used 2% of that. And so that, that's when I sort of learned my lesson that, okay, you know, know the important stories, uh, know the players as much as you can, watch the games as much as you can, but nobody can know everything. And uh, once I sort of taught myself that, uh, I was a little more okay with it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just lastly, like, I think all, me, Max, you know, all Canadian kids, you know, we grew up watching you, like, around the holiday season, Christmas time with the World Juniors. Um, you know, obviously, it's kind of it's COVID time uh, for the yeah. previous last World Juniors. But, do you know, do you have any sort of idea, like, what, what we can expect here going forward for the World Juniors? You know, hopefully we can watch the Laberts and, like, the Bedards and, of the world. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm like you guys, probably my, you know, my favorite event. That and the Masters are probably my two favorite events to do every year. Um, the World Juniors, especially when it's in Canada, is just so special. Unfortunately, we've been robbed of it the last two years with no fans in the building the first year and then canceled this year. Um, I think the summer one is going to be interesting. Uh, they, they, you know, they considered canceling it. I'm glad they went ahead with it only because I feel like all those players deserve their shot guys who only get one shot at it. You know, that would really suck to be the, you know, the one year where the world juniors was canceled. So it's not going to have the same buzz probably as Christmas time when everybody's home with their families and nobody has anything to do. So they sit down and watch the games, you know, the middle of summer, it's a little bit different. People have things to do, but I still think people will get into it. Right. Uh, you know, August, I'm kind of looking forward to it because when I was in Edmonton last, it was minus 45 degrees and now it's going to be summertime in Edmonton. You can go to a patio maybe after a game. Uh, so I think it'll be kind of cool to have a summer world juniors. Uh, as far as that, I, hopefully we'll be back to normal come, come Christmas time. I don't know where it's going to be. One of the ideas being tossed around is Vegas, which I think would be pretty cool. Uh, Vegas definitely wants a world juniors. Can they pull this one off? Maybe. Uh, the one other thing I think I'd say, Zach, is 
I'd like to see them go back to smaller rinks. Um, you know, they were making a lot of money and going in the sort of the last 10 years of world juniors has had to been the big NHL rinks. And I would love to see them go back to, you know, Saskatoon, Regina, uh, Halifax, yeah. Moncton, you know, those, those good little 10, 12,000 seat arenas. Um, I hope they do that because, uh, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. And in some ways, I think it got a little bit too big that way. There's nothing wrong with going to the big arenas, but I think an atmosphere in a good 12,000 seat arena uh, in a smaller town that doesn't get to see a big event or doesn't get NHL games would be, would be pretty cool. So Hopefully we're back in Sasky sometime in the next decade. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I, I totally agree. There, there, there's something about like community with like when you come to places like Saskatoon, like you said, Halifax or Moncton. And there's nothing wrong with with going to Vegas, but I, 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 I guarantee you this: we don't. We Saskatoon doesn't have the the stadium that Vegas does, but we can fill it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure, you can. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it comes back to Saskatoon, and you know, like I had my cousin played in the World Juniors, I guess, not this past year, but two years ago, and like you know, it is kind of tougher. What's, what's his name? Connor Zary. So, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it, you know, it was tough to like no fans in that atmosphere in Canada, and like you know, hopefully, we can get back to having like the full capacity as soon as possible, and hopefully, get that World Juniors back in uh, Saskatoon. Yep. Because that was yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I, that's all we got. We got time for today, James. Uh, thank you so much for being with on us today. This has been yeah. It's it, it, it. Ever since we started this, we've always said to ourselves, like, imagine if we can get James Duffy. There, there, there's no way. There's no way. But like, oh, that'd be so cool. And I remember when when you uh, when you responded to my to my email, it was the day right before my birthday. And I just went yelling downstairs like, mom, mom, I got James, I got James Duffy. So this well, is, it's, it's been awesome. Uh, no, guys, your questions were, were great. I, I do a lot of these because, you know, I was in your spot once, right? Uh, wanting to be a broadcaster or, uh, and so uh, I, I try to say yes whenever I can. And I'm glad we could work it out. You're, you guys asked a lot of really awesome questions. Some of them I hadn't even asked before. So. Uh, you guys got bright futures, and uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the interview of James Duffy. A huge shout-out to him. Um, that was – I know we keep saying this, but that, that was one of the best interviews we've ever done. Like Zach said, that was, like, end goal for us, and we're just getting started. So that's really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Like, to have that already at a <laughs> 16th episode is, is just crazy. And shout-out again to James. Um for taking the time and like um you know he, he was like like talking to us before and after oh, yeah. saying our names he's writing down stuff so that was definitely cool of him and nice of him to do and you know just super su- surreal um like max said bro <laughs> this is only the start here for we got a a big week ahead of us for other interviews that'll be coming out and yeah, uh we do. um you know some will have a special place in our heart like james Dalthia. i mean me and Max had a had a bit of a story to to go along with it, and uh, yeah, I think I'll just remember that for the rest of my life. Oh, I but, think so too. That was that was cool. Yeah, without a doubt. But moving on from we just talked about NFL free agency before the interview. Let's talk into MLB free agency. Um, maybe not. Uh, 
I was gonna say maybe not as big as NFL, but it's it's been pretty huge. And it, it's it only, has it has been pretty big, especially after the lockout ended. All everything started to resume again. Yeah, and it's, I think it's only gonna get better. Um, we gotta talk about start us off. We're both Blue Jays fans, Max. Uh we we remember last time what happened when we got a, a late twenty year old um, or like twenty eight year old third baseman from the Athletics. Oh my god! He brought some rain. Uh, Josh Donaldson, uh, yeah. Matt Chapman isn't gonna be Josh Donaldson. Um, the Blue Jays. I hope he's not Josh Donaldson. Well, I want some. I want some better chemistry with the guy. Well, no. I think Chapman's just just play styles. Um, Chapman's just an elite defensive third baseman. I th- yeah. I saw some uh, prominent MLB uh, people talking about how this is going to be the best defend defender um, the Blue Jays will ever have. Uh, I mean, oh, wow. Kevin Pillar rings a bell, but I think Matt Chapman and what he's, his credentials um, is going to be important. He doesn't, you know, his average isn't there. He kind of had a down year. But the guy is getting brought in to play third base and have a reliable glove. Um, that's something the Blue Jays have been lacking, and Chapman's going to bring that. He also has, you know, he's been playing in Oakland. Um, you know, it's not the uh, friendliest ho- uh, home run ballpark, and uh, Roger Center is going to help him out, hopefully improve the stats. But then again, you know, it's literally all about defense, I think, in this perspective. And, you know, they gave up uh, a couple of top prospects, but I think they're going all out right now I think so too. to win this championship. Yeah. Um, you know, that infield is absolutely bananas right uh, now. Oh, Especially, insane. you know, if Kevin Biggio picks it up, that's going to be super special. Yeah. There is rumblings that they're going to go over. Uh, J-Ram, uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, I kind of hope not. Um, looking at the trade packages that they wanted, like yeah. Alec Manoa and like heavy. some of these guys, I'm like, I'd rather keep uh, those guys. And you know, if you look at the Blue Jays, they they signed uh, a new pitcher too. Um, oh, Gossman, baby. Well, Gossman, and then uh, another guy from Seattle who yeah. I think uh, Pete Walker can work with and be really special. I heard a lot of good things uh, from him, and that just rotation is just filthy and like like. Toronto has an actual chance of, of not just making the World Series but winning it this year. Like yeah, talk, like you want to talk about defense, you want to talk about power hitting, mm-hmm. you want to talk about coaching management. Like the Blue Jays have it this and, season, and they're young. Um, they're they're go- so young. They're going all in. It'll be tough to compete in that uh, that division with the Yankees and Red Sox. And speaking of the Yankees, they they made some moves, brought back Anthony Rizzo. That was big. Lots of people thought they were gonna uh, try to go after Freddie Freeman, but instead go to Rizzo. And, uh, you know, the Yankees trade for Josh Donaldson. Uh, they give away Gary Sanchez and uh, Gio Urshela. How, how do you like that trade? Because um, Gio Urshela, like, he's a... He's I, a solid defender. He's, he's yeah. a really solid defender. And we know how jo- Josh Donaldson can be. He can be on and off with a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The Yankees are just big spenders. They're trying to compete with the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. And, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays are still there, right? Those, yep. I have a lot of respect for the Rays, especially what they do with not a lot of salary cap. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about not a lot of salary cap. Um, Freddie Freeman goes to the, uh, the Dodgers. I, lo- I know a lot of people are unhappy about that. Um, On, in a Dodgers perspective? No, no. Oh, I see. Like people, just people saying they lost a lot of respect for Freddie Freeman because, um, mm. like, he he's maybe one of the most lovable guys really before is. this, yeah. and. He stuck with the Braves, won a championship with them. 
and now goes to the Dodgers. Get, let the man get paid. He helped bring the city a championship. Let the man enjoy time in L.A. Like, like what? Like, what, Braves fans... They're pissed off, like, oh, you should have came back. They're more uh, pissed off that he's going there because, you know, what we mentioned, the salary cap, there is no salary cap in the MLB. So big team, big market teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox of the world can spend all this money and bring in Freddie Freeman. And so I think lots of people are just unhappy about that. And, And I'm like, as uh, as we have said in the past, we're not the biggest baseball guys. Mm -hmm. Um... And you know, I, I like me personally at least, I kind of had to learn more about uh, the the salary cap, and to find out that there is none, I really dislike that. You know, this is coming from a guy with, with with not a lot of baseball experience, and coming from basketball and football, where salary caps are very very important. Yep, very important. For this reason exactly, though, it gives the teams like the Indiana Pacers, the New Orleans Pelicans, a chance with yeah. with. The Dodgers and the Yankees constantly making this money, bringing in these guys. It's, I don't know. It's just, I know it, that's how baseball has always been, but it just, it doesn't feel fair. And maybe yeah. that's not the right word. Maybe people don't give a shit if it's fair. Maybe that's how the rules are, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate. I think a lot of people have lost respect for Freddie Freeman for, you know, he, he worked his ass off in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's not a huge market team. Like, they're not a small market team, but they're not a huge market team. And he won a championship there, and now he goes to L.A. Like, L.A. is going to be a favorite to win the World Series once again. Um, Surprise, surprise. Yeah, an easy way out. Um, I mentioned, like, the Rays of the world and the Oakland Athletics, like, small market teams that compete every year. Maybe not the A's, but, you know, look at what happens to the A's now. They had to get rid of Matt Chapman. He's a former All Star, yep. Gold Glover, you know the face, like one of the faces of uh, that team, and they they have to trade Matt Olson to the Braves. To, to the Braves are getting Matt Olson to replace Freddie Freeman, um, who you know. It's honestly just a shame. Yeah, so it, it just sucks. Um, hopefully the A's can uh, hit that rebuild, get get a little bit better than they have the previous couple of seasons, but hopefully, yeah, it's just. Uh, I know lots of people in the baseball community not happy about Freddie going there, and it, it just kind of sucks, right? You know, yeah. you don't want like a fan favorite like that going to like the place where nobody wanted him. I think lots of people would be happy if he came to the Jays, right? Oh, man, like yeah. he, technically a Canadian, he's got Canadian citizenship. Sure, he does. Sure. He does, and he played for Canada at the baseball cha- uh, world baseball championships. But That's I true. think. I don't, like, people wouldn't have been mad at that if that happened, but, yeah, it, it's MLB uh, free agency, like, especially with the lockout, this is going to be the biggest one yet. Uh, Jock Peterson goes to San Fran. I love Jock Peterson. Um, you know... Talk about, like, uh, like uh, Kyle Seeger. Yeah, who, who knows where he's going to go. No, um, um, or his brother. Yeah, uh, Chris Bryant, I don't know what that was that about was like a weird signing because that was weird he was gonna compete with san fran i guess he's got his championship but he goes to colorado for a huge deal seven years a lot of money 
But how old is Chris Bryant? I, I don't know. He's got to be like late twenties. I would I would think. Like, yeah, like s- seven years. Is well, baseball's a lot different. Baseball, you can play till you're forty. That's very true. Like, um, so that doesn't really matter. But uh, what what's more weird? He's thirty years. Um, just turned thirty. It's Colorado. They're going. Trevor Story is not going to resign there. I doubt it. Um, he's. A I huge, hope he does. I hope he does. I, well, I, I, just, I really like Trevor Story. I do too. I like. Colorado and Colorado is going into rebuild it, but here they are signing Chris Bryant, who's thirty years old, on a mega contract. It just doesn't make sense to me. It could it could be trade bait, like for later. I don't know. But I, like... I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But it's just maybe I'm missing something, but it just doesn't make sense. I don't, um, I don't see a lot of reason behind it. You know, I just just it doesn't like these Instagram comments. The top commented the Rockies are the most confusing team in baseball <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense um he probably Colorado was just like they were they were pretty good they had the tools right that Aaron Otto traded him for next to nothing they have story they're gonna lose him for nothing yeah had Charlie Blackman in the prime like they had a good team and now they have nothing to show for it Zach Greinke one of my favorite pitchers uh Goes to KC where he started his baseball career. Eddie Rosario uh, is going back to Atlanta, the playoff hero there for them. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, former MVP in Pittsburgh, goes to Milwaukee. Hopefully he can uh, stay healthy and get uh, going there. Uh, Jesse Winker goes to Seattle along with uh, Mr. Suarez. Um, I don't know much about uh, Aguero Suarez, but... uh, that was in a trade. Uh, Seattle's trying to rebuild. They got a lot of top prospects. Uh, mm-hmm. They were making moves last year. Um, see what they do now. Uh, Nelson Cruz goes to Washington. Uh, Sonny Gray goes to uh, the Twins, who are now, you know, who knows what the Twins are going to do here. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting time. Great time to be an MLB fan. We've mentioned so much. The star power in the MLB is is. Un- unbelievable! Everybody's in their prime. It seems like we got a great. <laughs> just very true. We got a great mix of veterans, yep. young talent, and guys that are in their prime. It's it's crazy. I like if you if you're not into baseball, get, now, get into baseball. Now is the time. Okay. Now, but you know, like we said, it's been a busy, busy week of sports. March Madness Day One was today. Um, we were so sad to see South Dakota State yeah. get eliminated. Shout out Kai Williams. Absolutely, I think I think I had him going into the Elite Eight. Honest to God, because if 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 you guys watched, South Dakota State was the Cinderella story of the year. Yeah, like lots of people are pinning them to go far, and I think a lot of people were upset to see them lose. Uh, Providence, they didn't even lose to like. I mean, Pro- Pro- Providence is a solid team. Yeah, but nobody thought. No, yeah. no one thought Providence was gonna do make any noise. Yeah. We wanted South Dakota, but that's yeah. alright. That's the, right. The Zags won today. Turned on the TV. Got home from a run. Um, they were tied. Chet Holmgren is just god. He's just god well, in basketball shorts. Drew, Drew Timmy, and Chet Holmgren just started balling out. Shout out Canadian uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Nemhard running the point there. He was making some contributions. Um, Michigan upsets Colorado State. Shout out uh, Canadian boy Caleb Houston, one of the top recruits uh, out of high school this year. Kind of had a down year, but uh, him and the Michigan boys looking to make some noise. Um, they're the 11th seed. They're yeah, they're gonna start balling out here. Uh, Iowa got upset by Richmond. I know. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. F- uh, friend of the pod, Brady Stefanik. 
had Iowa winning the entire <laughs> tournament. Sorry about that, Brady. Yeah, but, that's got to hurt. Yeah, but March is going to march. Like, huge, huge upsets. Um, brackets, I think there's only, like, 1% of brackets are still intact at the point of this recording, and we're only, like, five or six, like... Six games in. Yeah, there's there's not it's not a whole lot of confidence. Like like the first day, the first couple of days, the March Madness starts. You're you're, you're so confident your bracket's gonna be perfect, and then South Dakota loses, and every everything's messed up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I had Iowa. I'm pretty sure I had Iowa going decently deep too. So that's that sucks. Um. You know, we just had James Duthie on. He's going to be covering the NHL trade deadline that's coming up this next Monday. Max's Flames already made a trade for former National Predator, yeah. Kelly Yankrock, who's with Seattle, but now with the Flames. Made it Max agreed. Flames are in win-now mode. Um, I They gave up too much for him, but... Like, like, like just just too much. Like I'm, I'm... But that's what happens in the NHL. You get those rentals, and you pay too much for them. But it'll be interesting to see... You know, Claude Drew's rumored to be on the move, and uh, who knows, like, that'll be weird seeing him in a different uniform other than the the Flyers uniform, but there'll be some huge news. Uh, I believe he said that the team he wants to join the most, it, it, most is the Panthers. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he directly said that or, like, that was just, like... Implied. Yeah, maybe. the rumor that he's, he wants to go there. Uh, the Panthers will... I would... Like, that makes the most sense to me, him going to the Panthers. Um... I think so. Yeah, just a huge bunch of stuff. Um, Oak, we haven't even mentioned Oakley's not here. He's feeling uh, like really under the weather. But UFC London is coming up uh, this Saturday, so two days from now, early in the afternoon. His boy Patty Pimblett, he's got some money on him. He's he's fighting. He had a little stir up in uh, the ho- hotel with Ilya Tapora. Um, you gotta love that though. You got you, you you gotta love the guys having moxie before they're fighting. Well, they're not even fighting. They're like. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Patty threw a sa- oh. hand sanitizer bottle at his head. Are they not fighting each other? No. What? They just got into the hotel, like, just got into a scuffle and, like... What? Apparently, okay. Okay. apparently Patty said something about, like, his where he's from, like, Georgia, like, where he's, like, like his country. The country, Georgia. Yeah, okay. and something happened. Ilya Taporia is just a hothead. I hate... I, I shouldn't say I hate him, but I dislike him. He pulled out of, the, of a fight... Uh, against the Canadian guy, who the Canadian guy took it on a week's notice, and the Ilya couldn't make weight, so I just think that's you know kind of a bitch move if the other guy can make weight and he's taking it on a no kidding week notice. But uh, Ilya's an undefeated prospect, and Patty, you know he's he, the UFC's pushing him to be a megastar, so it'll be interesting to see what goes down. Tom Aspinall repping England uh, against fighting Alexander Drago Volkov. So it'll be interesting to see what goes down UFC London. Actually, a, a very solid card. Um, unfortunately, it's not in Canada. That's always sucks. Uh, Dana White was not happy. put on his Instagram account, I'm sorry, Canada. You need to get the shit figured out or something. <laughs> something like that. Like, uh, but Sorry, Dana, take your time. Yeah. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see how that fight card uh my guy dan hooker huge fan of him mm-hmm. moving down a weight class going going against uh arnold allen who trains in canada so it's it's unfortunate i enjoy both of those guys but be cheering for dan because dan is my guy um i saw i saw dano i went to um i went to the liquor store today for like the first time since, since i turned 19 
And like one of the first things I see when I get in there. The howler head? The what? The howler head, Dana White's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just see like this, this life-size standee <laughs> of Dana White giving me an aggressive smile. Like, <laughs> by my... I don't even know what it was. I, I had no clue. I, I, it, ga- it gave me nightmares as soon as I looked at it, so I quickly walked away. <laughs> Did Dana White ever fight? I'm actually... I'm, 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 no, no. It was like he, was like, <laughs> he was like a boxing instructor before, oh, okay. like, yeah, so, but, yeah, that, that does it for, uh, episode 16, most stacked episode, in my opinion, oh. of this podcast, going from the interview with James Duthie, again, shout out to him, mm-hmm. and, like, NFL free agency, MLB free agency, yep. NHL trade deadline's coming up, uh, March Madness is in full swing. It's just the 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 only thing that sucked about this episode, Oakley couldn't be on it. Yeah, that o- sucks. Oakley couldn't be on in the interview with James. He couldn't be in the studio with us today. But yeah, it'll be back in full swing next week. Yeah, we've got some big episodes planned out, and we'll get all the boys rocking and rolling. And uh, yeah, it's a an exciting time for us. We got lots of big names. But uh, again, thank you for listening to episode sixteen. Hope you enjoyed.